Greetings, Eobar Genius here, and welcome to the Over the Top Podcast, the most brutally honest and offensive podcast for freelancers, coaches, consultants, and professional service providers of all flavours who are sick to the back teeth of being led on, fobbed off, given the runaround and goated by time-wasted wannabes, tie kickers, and price-buying window shoppers. And if you're brave enough to be a maverick and swim against the glutinous tide of Me Too mediocrity, and you're happy to ruffle feathers, step on toes, and slaughter sacred cows, then gird your loins, pin back your ears, and pay attention. If you need to urge it, or you just want any of the resources we mentioned in the podcast, email holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk and she'll take care of you. I'm a father, so I take a cut. Anyway, let the mayhem begin. Hi everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of our podcast. This is series two. It's so exciting. We can all share, get comments, likes, and views, and we can engage and be authentic and step into our best versions of ourselves. Oh, for fuck's sake. People actually speak like that, you know. They do. They do. do. I I tell you what, I quite enjoyed it. I was just pouring some coffee (laughs) from my one-person cafetiere. Well, you know what scares me? What What scares me? How fucking easy it is to speak and write like that. That's why people speak and write like that. Whatsoever. It requires no imagination. And here's the thing, they're talking generalities and feelings because they're subjective. And that kind of sounds fairly innocuous, I suppose. You know, after all, you know, what's wrong with selling something to make people feel better about themselves? Nothing, I suppose. But the, the, the hidden, to me, the sinister thing is because they're all subjective, when they fail, or that, when they work, they generally work temporarily, like a faith healer. You walk out the room throwing your fucking stick to one side, your leg doesn't hurt anymore, but it soon comes back when the endorphins yeah. wear off. So it's temporary, but when it does fail and you go back, you regress to your mean, what they do is they blame you and not the process. The blame is always on you. It works perfectly every time. And if it doesn't work, you've done it wrong. I mean, that, that sounds almost legitimate, but it, it's not. It's completely fucking anti-science because it's an untestable hypothesis. It's quite scary. And the number of people writing this shit, really. We, what we need on the It is easy to write because it's meaningless. Yeah. It's just fucking drivel. I mean, we, we share WhatsApp sometimes, don't we, of these the screenshots of these fucking ads on Instagram, things that word salad you know the words are english but they're not put together in a way that makes any sense to anyone you know you, you can read the whole thing you can, well, i'm actually I'm, I'm no further towards understanding what the fuck this is about but it, but it's supposed to make me feel better and i suppose some people it does you know it's just scary really well people are chasing that rush of endorphins that feel good warm cozy rather than the uncomfortable truths yeah i've been actually reading quite recently um and watching a couple of videos by a guy called Jim Quick, K-W-I-K. And it, it's quite ironic. That's actually his real name. He's, um, he's an American with a Chinese descent. Um, and he, he basically works on memory training and speed reading and stuff. And uh, he, he, point, he's, he collated a lot of research, you know, curated it, collated it, whatever you like to call it. Um, and he, he points out that one of the things about social media isn't just the fact that it's insidious with its constant drip 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 of, of dopamine um but it encourages you encourages you to switch tasks 
because as I've said for a long time, because I've, I've read the research or some of the research, not all of it, obviously, um, people say, oh, they can multitask. They can't. No. no. People cannot multitask. In the same way as you can, computers not multitasking. It's actually single tasking, but it switches between tasks very quickly. So it looks like it's doing several things at once. Well, people have come with the same. People switch tasks. The thing is, in switching a task, you obviously lose focus. This is a, one reason for not accepting phone calls that an appointment. If you're in the middle of, say, writing an email to someone and the phone goes and you answer it, you don't just lose the 10 minutes of the call. You probably lose 20 minutes getting back into your groove. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, John, uh, on that note, uh, as you know, and the listeners don't, you're speaking to a man that's COVID positive right now. And the minute you get that positive <laughs> test, that positive test, your phone doesn't stop fucking ringing from this apparent world-class test and trace. Oh, for fuck's sake. And you know what? Oh, one, of them, one of them gave me a bit of grief. Why? They were like, we've rung you 10 times and you didn't pick up. I was like, yeah, you've rung me 10 times and I blocked you. Now I unblocked you when I was ready to speak to you because you don't stop ringing. Well, you should have really picked up the first time. No, I shouldn't have. I was busy. I don't know fucking idea where you are. And you don't even yeah. know where it is. Yeah, exactly. And and then uh, he, basically it's, it's ridiculous. They read you fill out this form online and they read it back to you. And they say, is this all correct? I, I went, is this all this phone call is? You're just reading my form back to me. And they went, yeah. I went, of course it's correct. I filled out the form. I wasn't lying on the form. And if I was lying, I wouldn't say, hold my hands up, but yep, I lied. It's oh, like, a fair cop. You caught me. Yeah. And also, furthermore, they were like, oh, so you really haven't gone anywhere. I was like, no. <laughs> no, I haven't gone anywhere. I've been symptomatic for quite a while. So I've done the sensible thing and isolated. And they were like, That's okay. Sort of trip, which we'll, yeah. we'll come back in a minute. Yeah, and I tell you what, I blocked it because I was trying to work and the phone just wouldn't stop fucking ringing. And it did my head in and it completely broke my focus. So I was like, ah, fuck this, I ain't working anymore. And it was all because well, the, the, my phone wasn't on do not disturb like it usually is. Yeah, it's, it's even worse than breaking your focus. I, and I didn't understand, I didn't realise this, but it makes perfect sense now. Because I, I often feel fucking exhausted. And I realised I'm actually switching tasks. I'm, I'm, I usually have, say, LinkedIn open in my browser. And before you know it, you find yourself hitting command tab, switching to it. You know, you just do. Yeah. And I, here's the thing. Get this right. Apparently, your brain is one of the, is only three pounds, right? So mm -hmm. for someone like me, I'm about 150 pounds. It's a, it's a small percentage, about, what, nine, 3% of my body, no less than that. About 1% of my body weight, something stupid like that, right? For 2%. 2%. And yes, it uses 20% of my energy. That's what your brain does. It burns a lot of fucking fuel. Apparently, switching tasks gives you a massive spike in energy consumption in your brain. That's why my social media is so exhausting. Never mind, I mean, it doesn't affect me so much, but never mind the, the negativities people tend to absorb. Especially when they're posting their own fucking moroseness and how shit their lives are, and reading other people's and engaging in it, or getting into arguments with people who know nothing, right? Never mind all that. Just the very fact you're switching burns brain fuel and it exhausts you. So it's not it's not just the practicalities of 
in you know focus interrupts my time it's bad positioning actually you know physiologically it's a bad idea to to, to switch tasks because it burns your brain fuel now yeah. on the topic of cancelled trips they've not heard this one have they because we haven't done a, a podcast for a couple of weeks no we do six episodes two week breaks six episodes yeah. two week breaks he's like Connor and I were on our way to Dublin but we've got it planned we've got the hotel booked I've got my train booked first class up to Dublin Connor got his flight booked we were going to meet we were doing something it was a genuine business thing. we were meeting to do some work just thrash out the plans for the event <laughs> which is cancelled <laughs> um, as well to to make the thrash out details for the event and also the strategy for the business going forward into 2022 and the day before the young man was supposed to fly out he whatsapps me a photograph of what i thought was a pregnancy test <laughs> <laughs> at first and i thought shit and yes mr fucking connor house covid so we cancelled it all. Now, this leads us to the topic of today's um, podcast. And, right, hit, hit, pause. So, figure that little interruption. The, the topic of today's podcast is what we call equanimity. What's the topic for the and season as well? The, it's headology. Some people like what that means. Mind. Well, some people call it mindset. I fucking hate the word because it's so misused. Um, to the extent people people kind of tell me you, you can mindset your way out of being autistic and things. They don't say it to me in person because I think they know they're going to fucking punch in the throat or something. You know? um, it's like saying to a... I mean, it, it is literally no different from saying to a, someone who's congenitally blind, oh, you can mind, mindset your way into seeing. You know, or, if the brain's fucked. Or if you had a uh, a boss eye that was fit yeah. down left and right. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and anyway, an equanimity is basically keeping a cool head, as in Rudyard Kipling's poem, if, when all else is going to shit. Now, in the case of uh, this COVID thing, uh, trip being postponed, Yes, it was disappointing. And a lot of people, though, would have got angry and thrown their toys out of the pram. Some people would have got angry at Connor. And, and in the, like my ex-wife, for instance, and in the extreme would have said, well, you must have been careless. All of a sudden, pinning it all on Connor. Yeah. My first reaction was to laugh at him. Yeah. Second reaction was to ask if he was okay. And the third one was to look at it in a different way. And the way we looked, well, okay, so we've cancelled everything now. So what we're not doing is spending... 100 euro on a first class return on my the train, probably three or four grand in the hotel, meals, other going out and shit. Yeah, so we've probably got about four or five K extra just to invest in advertising. Yeah. And then on a personal level, I haven't got to, I think, okay, so I haven't got to deal with hotels now. I haven't got to deal with railway stations and trains. No hangovers. It won't break my diet. So there are positives and everything. And that is classic stoicism. Yeah, one on one. Fatty amour. I love it. Mm. Uh, I commended you as well, didn't I? You did. You did. I did. Because you and pointed out mm, some people would have gone ape shit. Because it's, for us, it's almost, uh, we live very, I, I, don't, I do want to say it. We, we live 
by by design and by choice insulated lives um yeah we, we we focus on what we care about and we block out everything else that we we don't uh we, we associate with people that we like and like ourselves and we don't go near anyone that isn't um, exactly but it's extremely I, selfish of us, but it works <laughs> it does work it is extremely selfish as well we keep ourselves to ourselves and uh to a select lucky few but i thought it was impo- important to point out uh, how calm you were and the classic reframe that you did. Hey, well, now we've got a bunch more money that we can just chuck at ads, uh, which is something that excites us both because I, I felt it was important in that moment to recognize it's not normal behavior. And I feel like we fall into a trap. No, like not. This is the normal behavior and this is how humans behave, but it isn't. And that's why we're talking about it today, because I, I imagine there are people yeah. listening who, if they had a trip canceled, it would have ruined their weekend they would have been a bit fed up to the extreme some people would have blamed me in this scenario some people which yeah, is crazy you must have been careless connor yeah or for fuck's sake connor you've ruined my my trip yeah exactly you've ruined my trip yeah which is just <laughs> makes no sense. like i could die from this yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah little you know suppressed connor over here with covid and your yeah, first exactly. reaction is to now, point blank i used to I used to go to school with a couple of guys, brothers. One was in our year, and the other one was a couple of years ahead. There was David and Roger, and David was the older one. Now, my other, my best friend, Tom, I've known Tom since I was four or five years or so. It's 53 years we've been best mates, that long, right? <laughs> he told me probably a, probably a decade ago now about David. David, his name. I'm not going to tell his last name because he's probably still around and people might know. David was so, such a, an avid Leicester City fan. If Leicester City lost the football match in the afternoon on a Saturday, he would cancel his plans for going out because it ruined his weekend. Now, how, how desperately sad is that? You, you allow the loss of a football game to ruin your day. You ruin your weekend plans. You'd sit at home moping about it. I mean, <laughs> what is wrong with people? And um, what would it be like if something really bad happened? (laughs) Hanging from the rafters. Now, another thing that happened, and this happened yesterday, we we decided this yesterday, we're recording this on Friday, and we've decided this either yesterday or before anyone. Our event in London, London, we were holding at Sandstead Airport, the hotel there. And we we were told, uh, they've just sequestered that, the government sequestered it for a quarantine hotel. And the, the Radisson are no longer allowing anyone to book rooms. I can't imagine anyone, anyone is wanting to go and stay there anyway. Let's come to our high-end <laughs> event <laughs> to stay at the leper grounds. In a leper colony. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, you know, it, it's going to be like that in, until the end of January, beginning of February at the earliest. But we all know the government, they never... I'm not blaming the government for this, by the way. I'm not having a go at them. But they never, never hit their deadlines. It always goes on longer. Yeah. So we've cancelled the event. And again, a lot of people, and you see this on LinkedIn, by the way, if anyone's doubting me that people react this way, just look at LinkedIn and look at the number of people who get devastated because something pretty fucking minor's happened. And they'll write this post, they get this fucking enormous surge of people commenting in the echo chamber. And all that does is feed into their fucking misery. Mm-hmm. There's one woman uh, who we all know who she is. And if you don't remember who she is, Connor, I'll remind you after we stopped. I've blocked her. Anyway, I've blocked her twice. So she's quite, she's 
quite an achievement. She'd been blocked twice in two separate accounts. She was actually angry and upset and crying, and it ruined her her day for two days because she was turned down for LinkedIn Live. Oh. Yeah, that's how pathetic she is. <laughs> Needy and desperate for attention, and because she didn't get a LinkedIn Live, she cried and got upset for two days. And then, worst of all, she posted about it, told everybody. You know, so... But again, with this cancelling the event, yeah, it's disappointing. I was really looking forward to it. It's the first one, it's the first event I've spoken at for four years more. And it's the first live event we've had together with our guys for nearly two years by the time it comes around. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed. It's frustrating. We've got to do the refunds to people if they want them. We've got to change the whole marketing message because we're going to hold the event online now. It's just a it's just a clusterfuck. But we don't get angry about it. We just get on get on with it. That's equanimity. It's being the James Bond. It's being, okay, this, this shit's happened. Let's deal with it. Now, th- this sounds very random. I mean, and people say, pretty much you're born like that, but it's that equanimity is actually a learned skill. And I, okay, I'm kind of predisposed towards it in many respects, but I've also learned it. It is a learned so, skill. Reframing is the learned skill. You don't, you know, I don't think anyone's really born with that. It's a learned no, skill. Definitely not. Definitely not. It's because think how toddlers react. Exactly. Uh, reframing is is uh, definitely a learned skill because when you're born, you, when you're feeling emotional and having outbursts, your natural response isn't as a five year old to go, "Let me reframe this." <laughs> is it? No. No. no, no the world's ending. You feel your, your toes out the fucking front. Yeah. So step one is to learn to control your emotions. Take a breath. Calm down. Slow down. Take a rational step out. And there are exercises you can do. Mm-hmm. Cognitive distancing. Now we've, we've got a thing. We haven't, yeah, we haven't spoken about this much yet because it's it's kind of still in development. And and to be completely candid, we do tend to keep this for the the elite group of people. Not not because we don't want to share it and we're jealous of it. It's just that it's a natural progression. You know, at the bottom end of things, we teach people how to how to turn their hobby into a proper business. Now, in the, in the middle tier, which is foundations, we actually show them how to create a proper business from the fledgling business with systems and processes and outsourcing and, and things yeah. and, that's and, and proper six-week cycles of work. Yeah. And with CAF too, yeah. And then we've also got a SLAM, which is the Stoic Leadership and Attitude Model, but that's more appropriate for elite where we focus on developing the person as a leader. Yeah. So it's not it's not like we're being jealous and you know, the more you pay is the more we tell you. It's just that you get more of our time and attention in this particular area. So it's not, it, and right at the centre of this thing, we've got a model for it, right at the centre is this, this idea of equanimity. Shit happens, and you're the, you're the, you're the calm person in your aeroplane seat, putting on the breath, on the, the oxygen mask, and not screaming fucking for your life and wetting your pants. And here's the thing, you know, leaders don't have the luxury of panic. Because the moment you panic, you've lost it. Yeah, and even if uh, you can, you can be in a position of leadership, and you can think, "Fuck, I've got no idea what's going to happen, or no idea what to do," but you can't tell anybody that. This is why I think people who th- these so-called leaders on LinkedIn they post about their, them being leaders and mentors and coaches, and they've got their lives sorted. And then every now and again, they'll post, "Oh shit, my life has just fallen apart," and you get this long fucking post of navel gazing. And they just say, my life is shit. And I'm shit. And I'm upset. And I'm going to cry for two days. Well, that's not leadership. Even if you feel like that, you can't show it. 
that's just weak. It's like you shouldn't break down in front of your children either. Because they look at me, oh shit. The, the one thing in my life which would be constant is just falling apart. Yeah. I do want to uh, provide some context because there'll be some people listening to this thinking, well, I'm a one-man band or uh, it's just me and a couple of contractors. Why on earth do I need to learn to be a leader? And it's incredibly important to be a leader because in your marketing, you need to be seen as the go-to guy when their business yeah. hits the shit. It doesn't matter if you're a graphic designer or a, a brickie. It does not fucking matter. You need to learn proper leadership to lead your staff, to lead projects, to lead your clients and to lead your prospects. It's incredibly important. The most, yeah. as you said, it's James Bond. The most, one of the most attractive traits, especially in business, is someone who is constantly cool, calm and collected and always seems to have everything in hand. Yeah, here's the thing, you see, when, when clients come to you, because I'm predicated on this on the idea, on the assumption that people listening to this, you are an expert at what you do. You you can do what you do. If you can't, you shouldn't be selling it. Simple as that. Yeah. Well, people come to you, and as Dan Kennedy says, people are walking around with a, an umbilical cord in their hand, looking for somewhere to plug it in. And when they come to you for help, they want you to take care of them and look after them like, like, like people turn to religion. It's the sky daddy. If you won't do that, they will take control and they're not qualified. It's a little bit like if you don't show firm leadership with a dog or a child, the child or the dog will assume leadership and they're not qualified to. And that's when they become unruly and in the case of dogs, often dangerous. Yeah. Because they don't have strong leadership. Well, your clients, if, you, if, you, if you're complaining about being treated like shit by a client, it's because you're not taking a leadership role. I saw yesterday a post. One of my one of my mentoring um, students sent me the link. I'll post on LinkedIn. I'm not making this up. I swear. She was complaining because her her clients tell her when she's allowed to invoice them for the work she's done. Wow. She she'd completed the work in January or February 2021, and I didn't give her permission to invoice them until September or October. And then they're late paying it. That is how, how bad the situation is for some. I mean, that, that is an extreme. Being told you you pay now invoices is, is just beyond the pale because, as you know, my I encourage people to get either paid up front in their own bank account, at least take a deposit and the balance in a secure payment system like escrow or a payment trust or another trusted third party. Anyone who won't do that is either decided already they're going to do you they want the option of cheating you or probably most likely they don't have the cash to pay you right now and they're hoping to get it in because they're being late being paid by people that's their fucking problem not yours yeah so but being told you know we will you may now invoices when, when when can i i've done the work when can i invoice it that is not leadership that is why you get but you, you get treated like that because you allow it and you you allow it by not assuming a leadership role. And one facet of, of, of being a leader to your market, to your competitors, to your peers, and, and indeed to your family, let's not forget your family, is by being, by having equanimity, by keeping a cool head and not going off on one, not, not posting long fucking screeds on LinkedIn about how upset and shit you are, even though you're supposed to be a fucking coach and mentor. That, that's, that's the irony <laughs> Public part, breakdown. That's the ironic part, isn't it? They're yeah. a coach or a mentor and they don't behave like a leader in any way. It, is, it does not compute. Absolutely. I, I, 
I saw a post. I, I'm connected to the guy. I can't remember his name. It's a, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a not a native English name, so it's hard for me to remember. Um, Racist. I white bigger. I confusing. You yeah, fucking right. white supremacist uh, can. And he he pointed this out. Now I learned something because I, I've seen I've seen it happen, but I didn't realize it was cyclical. He said it's a, he's observed it as being a cycle where. Coaches and mentors will post stuff like how fucking great they are and how they got this sorted and that sorted and they're, they're being the, the, the best version of their authentic selves living their best ever lives. And then they have a breakdown for about three or four posts. And then all of a sudden they're back again. And he said it's, he's observed it's cyclical. Now I'd observe them doing the first bit, the, the fucking I'm, I'm brilliant, I'm God, oh shit, I've fallen down a hole. I didn't realise they did it in cycles, which is even worse. Because don't they fucking learn anything? No. <laughs> Once is a mistake, twice is careless, three is a fucking conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) So this happens, and and the worst of it is their echo chamber supports them. They they support each other. I think the, the unspoken payback, the silent agreement, if you like, is if we support you and show our sympathy and how you're really okay when you do it, when it's my turn, you support me. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's pathetic. I don't care how fucking bad. It is a circle jerk. It's a soggy biscuit circle jerk of misery and despair. Yeah. You know, and I'm not, I'm not glossing over or or in any way devaluing people's experience of mental health issues. I have them myself. If I'm not careful, anxiety can creep up on me because of my autism and the way my brain's wired. It's my responsibility to fucking one, watch out for it, and two, not lay on everyone else as being, oh, I can't look after you today, clients, because I'm feeling really bad. If you want to expose that kind of stuff, do it to your own email list where it's a little bit more, it, it, it's more appropriate. Yeah. More intimate, yeah, more appropriate. And indeed, to your clients, and say, look, I'm having a bad time. Yeah. And it's nothing to do with work. I'm still competent, but I need some space. But you don't put it not, slap not- bang on the front door. Imagine a fucking shop owner, John, yeah, who has on the front door saying, I'm a little bit sad and anxious today. I haven't made many sales. Sorry if I'm a bit grumpy. Come in and cheer me up, please. I'd look at that door and I'd be like, I am not going in that door. Don't fucking wait. <laughs> or for us. Yeah, you're going into hospital. You go, you're going into hospital for a fucking triple bypass. And the surgeon comes to your bed and says, I'm sorry, I'm not feeling too good recently. I'll do, I'll do the best job I can, but I can't promise anything. Can you imagine that? You want your surgeon to be, yeah, I know my life shit, but I'm on it. I've had some struggles, I'm on it. It won't affect yeah. this, you know? I, you want your surgeon. I mean, the surgeon in the fucking operating theatre does not stand there going, oh, shit, I can't do this. Will someone help me? He's the leader of the fucking surgical team. Yeah. Imagine Dev, Dev, imagine Dev having a fucking breakdown in an operation. Uh, you just can't. It's, it, this is very, and I hate to say it, it's, it's very old school because it's very trendy now to be very upfront with your mental health issues to an extreme. And I think it's gotten to a point where it's, and I'm not saying we should go back to the old ways where everyone deals in suffering silence and never talks about it and never gets help. But we, we've gone too far. It shouldn't be on the front door of your business. It should not be. As well, you it shouldn't said, be a badge of honour. No. That's what they wear it as. They wear it as the badge of honour. Well, there was that pill thing recently on LinkedIn, which I found very strange. The pill thing? Post your pills. Oh, and for it was, the love of all this. Fucking yeah, holy. And it, it oh, was I about, didn't see that. I'm yeah. glad. 
it was uh it was on mental health day i don't know when it is it must have been recently because i remember seeing it in the last two weeks and um there was numerous pictures of hands with pills in it and it was hashtag postural pills hashtag mental health awareness and i was so tempted to fucking film myself injecting my <laughs> film myself injecting myself yeah exactly and just being like oh i know some of you cunts have needle phobias but here's my fat hairy fucking belly and here's a big fat needle going into my stomach uh, better than that we should say fucking hell, we're hardcore we inject, you know, <laughs> yeah yeah you fucking pussy <laughs> and then i was going to crush up my other pills with and have post a picture of a credit card next to it so it looked like coke and <laughs> <laughs> post my pills and for people to be like get all it up, up and defensive about it and then to be like what do you mean this is uh, an anti-inflammatory <laughs> I think some of it is generational. I mean, if you think about it this way, I'm, I'm 57 in January. My When I was born and, and when I was growing up, my formative years, say zero to seven years old, the war, the Second World War, had only been over for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's like that must like the millennium. That's, that's, this, that's yesterday. Yeah. It was still very much in people's minds. And both my parents had been through the war. My dad was in the RAF. Mm-hmm. So for us, the, the stoic attitude was very common it, it was it was a thing things like bullying I mean, a good example is bullying bullying happened yes it was wrong even then but then if you turn around and go the bully a smack in the mouth like i well, actually kicked his teeth in there was no comeback except a, well done okay but nowadays the guy who responds to the bully gets in the shit more and i heard something the other day which and they were told this by a teacher they get in trouble for standing up to bullies not not because of the violence of what they've done, but because they the, the teacher says, well, the, the bullies won't listen. You will. It won't, the bullies don't care about being told off. What a, what a fucking shitty way to deal with it. But nowadays, nowadays, people are weak. You know? You're not allowed to defend yourself. And, it, and not only is it not allowed in schools and other places, but you see it online. You know, the moment somebody breaks ranks or says something non-PC, like those fucking women having a go at me behind my back mm. uh, there's a fucking feeding frenzy people yeah. are weak it's pathetic I'd, I'd but agree with you there. equanimity is easy i just let them get on i mean my, my female clients and my daughter were more pissed off than i was i just laughed and you turned it's my advantage and wrote a fucking long very eloquent blog post which has done me no end of good because it's it generated lots of lots of leads for me yeah because i get women messaging me saying i love your attitude not all women are like this I says, yeah i know they're not mm-hmm. it's something I experienced daily, not daily, that's an exaggeration often and increasingly more so recently. And I, I can't figure out why is I've been told several times is that I enjoy confrontation too much and I enjoy, uh, and I challenge things too much. And I was like, well, I immediately went, what do you mean? And they was like, well, you're doing it again. I was like, well, no, this isn't confrontation. <laughs> This is a oh. confrontation. This is a search for the truth and a discussion. And uh, it meant I thought of you in that moment because I'll go at you knowing, well, why? Well, what's the point of this? And just pushing. And to some people, that's seen as confrontation. But to you, it's shut up, Connor. Let me fucking explain. And we're, we're, we're both pushing to get to the same point, which is a full understanding of the truth and the outcome yeah. or the, the underlying principles, whatever it is. But to some people, 
that's confrontational. And I couldn't figure it out. I was like, can you please explain to me how this comes across as confrontational? <laughs> they're like, because you say it with confidence and certainty and it's a question uh, and you're questioning them. And I said, well, it's exactly that. It's a question. It's not a confrontation. The confrontation is more be like, you're fucking wrong. Shut your mouth. Let me tell you why. That's a confrontation to me. Here's the thing. Those, those kinds of, of, of responses you get from people, or those kinds of accusations, think about it this way. They're all emotional. There's no logic there. Yeah. You think about it, confrontation is a very subjective thing. Clearly, because they think it's subject, they think it's confrontational, and you don't. Well, there, there it is proof. Mm-hmm. For instance, it is subjective. Well, anything subjective when you get people dealing with each other tends to come down to emotions. Yeah. And people don't, you cannot argue someone out of an emotional position with logic. I mean, you try, you haven't got kids, I've had children. <laughs> try argue, when you do have children, try, or indeed ask Tamsin with the children at school. You know, how easy is it, you think, to argue a toddler out of a tantrum? It can't be done. You put them on the bottom step and leave them there to have it. <laughs> They'll yeah. soon get fed up with it, you know? Well, it's the same with adults. You get adults saying things, you're confrontational, you're being aggressive, um, you're being mean. All this, this subjective emotional bullshit, which chips away their equanimity, because what they're doing is they're trying to offload their emotional response onto you. I'm having an emotional response. I want you to deal with it for me. Like they say they're offended. Well, that's why we get along because we're always very cool and we don't get at each other for having COVID. <laughs> we laugh when our friends get COVID. <laughs> yeah, you're immunosuppressed. Well, we're a, we're a strange pair if you think about it because I'm, how old are you? 24? 25. 25. I'm technically old enough to be your fucking granddad. If I'd have had a young dad myself and I was a young dad, you could be my grandson. But for the listeners, Connor and I, we get on really, really well. We're our best mates. It's fucking brilliant. And the trust we have is 100%. Yeah, it's, it's mental. It's mental. But it, I think it's because we have the same headology. We do have the same headology. And we both we have the same headology. Equinity and we've got the same goals and aims, really. You know, mm. Same beliefs, you. same core values. Yes, that's that's massive. That, that's that's massive when it comes to any partnership. Um, I, I was thinking the other day, we started this business and then a couple of months later, COVID kicked off. And COVID has remained and it looks like it's going to remain for a very, it's going to be very for a while. long time. Then there's going to be a recession at some point, it's looking like. Oh, man, we're already in it. I- well, we're in it, but we're not feeling the effects of it, aren't we? On no, paper, government's a recession. Pumping, government's pumping money into the economy. Mm-hmm. I spoke so to Kevin on Wednesday. It's, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I imagine. Well, the minute the, the Bank of England moves the base rate, it's going to get very interesting. Well, a lot, of, a lot of businesses have had... A lot of businesses on paper have had great years, but what they're what they're finding to realise is two things. One is the money they've they've seen coming into their business has been given to them by the government. Yeah. And the second thing is it has a lot of it has to be paid back. Mm-hmm. So there's there's some businesses and they've been taxed. So so Kevin was for instance telling me there's a lot of businesses now with huge tax bills that are using the money they're earning now to pay off tax bills from the COVID times, which leaves them with no cash flow. So they're borrowing money. Which also has to be repaired. It's a fucking, it's a clusterfuck. And it's going to get worse. Now, the gig economy, now we, we deal with freelancers, the gig, gig economy is growing massively. Mm-hmm. Um, 
partly because of this. And the thing is, freelancers are going to find themselves in deep shit because what does a huge supply do to prices? Pushes them mm. down across the board. So if you want to be, if you want to remain high, you've got to do something different. And the worst thing you can do is take your lead leadership from people in your industry who have got the same problems you have and haven't solved them yet. So there's no point in posting on LinkedIn saying, I never get paid my invoice, or my invoices are often paid late. What do I do? And other people come up saying, Well, I get mine paid late too. And here's what I do. Yeah, there's no point. It's like if you've got cancer, right? If you speak, if you speak to a fellow cancer sufferer, all they can teach you to do is live with it. If you want a cure or a treatment, speak to an oncologist or a doctor or an expert. But in that case, like you're a freelancer. Don't speak to other freelancers about how to deal with non-paying clients unless they've sold it before. Speak to experts like me and Connor. Yeah. It's that simple. And one of the reasons it's I brought that's... up, one of the reasons I brought up the fact that we started this business then was immediately dealt COVID. Uh, we're still dealing with COVID uh, and a recession as well is we've done remarkably fucking well in some of the most aberrant yeah. times in recent history. Our systems fucking work. And if you're a business owner, especially consultant, coach, freelancer, big on the the last one, if you've struggled at all during COVID, whether it be with late paying clients, don't know how to deal with them, perhaps you've taken on loads of work and it's almost a little bit overwhelming. Those are all signs that you need to come and talk to us and go through CAF. Even if... And if you've struggled to attract clients when the gig economy is exploding and contractors and freelancers are being hired on record basis, well, then you've got a real big fucking issue because at the moment it is easy. So you definitely need to come to us before it gets hard because you will fail otherwise. Oh, yeah. Think on this. Now there's loads of work and it is easy and people are still struggling. So what's it going to be like when it gets hard? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'll leave you with that one. Word, missus. Right, I'm going to have to go because I've got a fridge coming any minute now. Suits me. My throat is cut to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so anyone listening to this, if you want our help, anything, any of the resources, any of the stuff we mentioned, CAF, by the way, Colin's referred to is the Client Acquisition Framework. Um, it's the core of everything we do and SLAM is the Stoic Leadership and Attitude uh, Model, which I developed and that's kind of tags onto it. So, do you want any any information on that or anything else you've spoken about? Email holly, holly at growyourbusinessfast.co.uk. In the meantime, stay safe, stay inside again, wash your hands, and please do not shit on your fingers. Yeah, and thank you for tuning back into season two. The pleasure is all yours. Today was equanimity, and next week is all about integrity. Uh, that will be out the following Monday. So uh, Huge, huge. Yeah, it's a big one for us, isn't it? A huge one. Much love, stay safe. Email Holly and finger your name. Bye-bye.